From Upstate Medical University, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. Today we're discussing end-of-life care with Dr. Sylvia Pasnachuk, a physician who specializes in palliative medicine. I appreciate you being here. Thanks. Thank you for having me. Well, let's start uh, by explaining what palliative care is. How do you describe or define palliative care? You know, that's a great question, and I think the whole field in the, the public is looking for a definition that um, um, will have specific meaning. So I'll try two or three different definitions, because, again, um, the term from a semantic point of view was coined by a physician up north. Um, um, his, name was, uh, his name is uh, Dr. Mount, uh, Balfour Mount, he was a, he's a, I'm not sure if he's still practicing, but he coined this term in the early 70s. And um, palliative care for, for the, the term comes from the Latin pallium, which means a cloak, uh, something that's meant to cover something, hmm. a garment that's covering. Um, um, and again, I think, you know, it's, it, it was a good choice at that at that time, but I think it it still creates a little confusion in the public about not many people know about you know the Latin kind of roots of this right. word, so it's just a strange word, and that creates a little um, I would say um, um, a strange feeling for for patients being referred to a palliative care field because they don't really know what to expect from 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 this consult. Um, and was the cloak meant to sort of just cover up symptoms or cover up? I think up the cloak was meant to cover the main diagnosis. So palliative care um, um, is, is, is care meant to address symptoms when no cure is um, um, or cure is no longer available. Ah, okay. So in, I think at, at the time it was a great idea, but I think somewhere along the way we lost both the medical field and the public because it's it's just not an easy to understand term. Sometimes palliative care is um, 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 used interchangeably with uh, supportive care or supportive oncology, specifically with patients with cancer. Um, but an, a definition in, in different terms will be um, uh, a specialized medical care for people with serious illnesses. And, of course, the question will be if we have cardiology, if we have oncology, if we have nephrology, why do we need another level um, for these patients? Um, in the, anth- the answer stays, I think, in the fact that... Um, um, uh, the complexity of some of these patients are, is uh, sometimes becomes an issue um, uh, because most of them they don't suffer from just one disease. They very fragile. They um, old sometimes. Um, they start losing function, and it becomes um, much more than a disease. It becomes managing decline. And I would say, in two words, there will be. There will be the closest definition I can come up. That's that's the closest I can come up um, for for palliative care is managing decline. Can we give proportional care to patients based on whatever the goals are now? 
accepting that they have a diagnosis for which we no longer have a cure or meaningful treatment. So there, perhaps there's a tumor that is inoperable or that they've done everything that they can to sort of, you know, treat it. Um, so this is more um, focused on improving the patient's quality of life rather than trying to get rid of the cancer. Absolutely. That's one of the um, um, main, um, um, I think, qualities of palliative care. Another one that usually is not addressed by traditional medicine is taking care of the caregivers, of the family members. Um, most of the time, the distress in the family and um, uh, trying to managing this um, sometimes slow decline, sometimes faster than, than, um, than expected, um, creates big-time distress um, in the family. And then um, what I'm trying to say, the traditional approach, I think, is trying to address the patient's issues with the understanding that um, everything else will have a different like approach. Like the family, they'll have to go sick themselves medical attention or social attention or which again I think palliative care connects the family uh, the patient with the family and and we're trying um, for example we're using diagnosis never that used to be recognized by the main payers such as caregiver fatigue or caregiver burnout um, unfortunately they no longer recognized but that doesn't mean they don't exist sure Sure. Well, how does palliative care differ from hospice care? That's, that's a great question, and I think, I think there is no clear line. With this being said, um, I'll try to mix them in a head and see if we can pick the right one. So palliative care is appropriate for any patient suffering from a serious disease, from, say, congestive heart failure, any kind of cancer, dementia, at any stage of the disease, regardless of the fact if they're still taking treatment or not for their main condition. While hospice, by definition, it's a, um, hospice is a Medicare benefit, meaning that if cure or treatment is no longer pursued or is no longer followed or, or believed to help these patients and they want to have their care mostly at home where um, um, that's mostly the hospice philosophy, then the hospice benefit kicks in and then hospice as a unified kind of payer will take care of all their needs in the house. Hospice is a, um, um, the organization, the main, the, the main team is made of um, 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 physician, medical director sometimes, I mean, most of the time, the nurse is the, the leader of the clinical team, and then there is a social worker, there is a chaplain, there is volunteer, so it's a, um, what, what we call a um, um, interdepartmental kind of group that, that, that handles each and every case. They meet weekly, there are weekly visits by the nurse, um, it's a completely different program. So palliative care can follow at each and any given time a patient during their course, meaning that they don't have to meet any criteria for as long as they have a serious disease. The so you could still, you could be in hospice care, but still be uh, palliative care as well. 
That's a good question. Hospice care is doing the palliative care. In hospice, uh, the uh, focus is in palliation, on, on dealing with the symptoms. Because, again, there is no more cure, there is no more treatment that is offered for the main disease. So the main condition is following is, is, is natural course. Okay. Um, so if you're a, a patient who's receiving outpatient palliative services, um, does that necessarily mean that you don't want life-saving care, like the do not resuscitate? That's a great question. Not necessarily. It's all believed on the patient. It, it's all um, meant to follow the patient's beliefs and, and wishes. Of course, in late stages of disease, um, resuscitation by itself will not really make sense. There is less than 1% of patients that survive resuscitation in late stages of a chronic disease. Um, they malnourished, um, they extremely, and it's, it's, it's a procedure that uh, might create only discomfort to the family if they're watching it. And again, the results are not expected to be um, um, the best possible. It's, it's interesting that this resuscitation was, um, um, it's, 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 it's a very hot topic right now, I think, in the field, because, again, we are expected to kind of explain to the patients for why that resuscitation would probably not make sense because of the decline and the fact that it's really not going to bring a better quality of life or it's not going to change the natural course of their condition. Um, but I'm seeing patients where um, they feel abandoned if they sign a DNR order mm -hmm. or they have they had previous experiences when they felt the care was no longer the care that they expected to, to see for their uh, family members in sure. the past. And they feel, N -n no, I still, I still want to fight. I'm not giving up. This is what I hear a lot. This is never about giving up. It's, it's a natural thing. You know, we'll never ask somebody to give up. That won't be right. Okay. Good to know. This is Upstate's HealthLink on Air. I'm your host, Amber Smith, talking with Upstate Dr. Sylvia Paznachuk about end-of-life care and palliative medicine. Uh, so how does a patient or their loved one know whether palliative care is right for them? You know, that's a good question. I don't think many people know now about this service. Um, does the um, primary care provider, is that the person to present the idea to someone, or um, how would they learn about the I would the say they'll be the best, actually, to offer even um, um, uh, just a, a, a level of palliative care, meaning that uh, uh, primary care physicians should be trained in, um, in symptom control, and they should be able to handle... Um, this patient's, you know, towards um, end of life. Um, of course, the palliative care physician might come in whenever there is a hard-to-control symptom or there is a very difficult family where the uh, uh, family care practitioner or the primary care physician, um, they have, they, they, they encounter problems in, in, in dealing with things that are not common. And sometimes they're very difficult to treat. And every once in a while, even for symptom control, these patients end up in the hospital. Okay. All right. Um, people that are receiving palliative care, how long does that typically last? How long are they 
for as long as they live, as there is no. So it could be. Yeah, as opposed to hospice, where for for hospice, um, um, two physicians should agree that in normal condition, if the disease runs its natural course, then the patient has probably six months or less. Um, but palliative care could be much it's, longer than it's that. It's not limited. It, okay. it can address a, a specific symptom for the duration of the symptom. It can address some uh, psychosocial distress or uh, for as long as that is there. It can become more of a um, um, uh, type of um, uh, care, you know, um, that, that, that's kind of pointed towards symptom discomfort. And, and follows the main uh, specialties that are involved. Is there paperwork required? I mean, we've done uh, segments on HealthLink about healthcare proxies and that sort of thing. Is that required for palliative care, or is this like another medical specialty? Um, so there are two forms that we usually um, discuss with the patient. They're the important forms for their medical care. Um, and these are a healthcare proxy that we recommend for them to have one executed, uh, naming one of their relatives or uh, somebody they trust um, um, to make medical decisions in case they cannot make their own. Um, and then there is a MOLST form, which is um, it stands for Medical Orders for Life-Sustaining Therapies. Um, and um, it's um, I think this was... Um, mandated by New York State, I think in 2011, where patients with um, significant medical conditions should be informed and offered palliative care. And part of it, um, it's a way of empowering these patients to keep control over the intensity of care towards the end of life, such as resuscitation or feeding tubes or, say, IV fluids. Um, um, intubation. So, um, um, so that's something that we usually discuss with the patients. Of course, it's a, um, it's not an easy discussion because each and every patient they ha they they come with their own experiences, and we try not to send the. Most of them they feel well. You're trying to abandon me in case I need you. Then why can't I call nine one one? But that's not. That's not what we're talking about. It's just trying to empower them to have control in late stages over, again, would so you be willing... So there's a plan about what their right, wishes would that be. They can plan in a, in a medical kind of uh, way about would you prefer if something happens to be in a hospital or at home. And we're trying not to influence that. Of course, we are biased ourselves in the system, and there is a... Um, quite a degree of burnout in the system too and sometimes these discussions are a little biased and we're trying to stay as neutral as we can. Well, well thank you so much for the information. Uh, my guest has been Assistant Professor of Medicine Dr. Sylvia Paznachuk. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and talk show HealthLink on Air. <laughs>